Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. Oh, come on. It's not even 10 o'clock yet. How's it going? There we go. Hey, uh, my name is Tim, um, but we're not really here for me. Um, we're here for Jesus, all right? And I'm not just saying that because that's the cool pastor thing to say. I'm saying that because I'm excited to be here for that. Um, yes, I really like Australia. My dad was a missionary, so I got to grow up over there. Um, so we'll be, we'll be exploring that more maybe tomorrow morning. Um, and, and I was going to show you a picture of my family, but I'm so excited about the text tonight. We're just going to jump forward to that. So the person that slaved over putting that picture in the computer, I'm sorry, but we're going to save it for tomorrow night, tomorrow morning, something. We'll get there. Hey, if you have your Bibles with you, can you do me a huge favor? Can you grab them and turn to Genesis chapter 2? Genesis chapter 2. As you guys are turning there, I just want to preface everything that's going to happen this weekend uh, with saying this. I need you guys to do me a favor. We're all from different walks in here. Some of us are so excited to be here we like haven't eaten for the last week. Some of us are really nervous about being here because maybe this is the first time or the first time in a long time we've been away from our home and our family. Some of us were forced to come here because our parents told us that that's just the way it was. Some of us in here know who Jesus is. Some of us in here are in love with the Lord, and some of us in here would probably closer identify or do identify with the term atheist than Jesus follower. I need you guys to do me a favor this weekend. Go out of your way to learn everything you can about God and what he is doing. Because if you do believe in Jesus, you should be devouring the word of God anyway. Anytime someone opens up the Bible, you should be listening to what they're saying, if, if nothing else, than to, to find out that they maybe aren't saying quite the right things. But we should be jumping after opportunities to learn about God. And, and if on the other end of the spectrum, you're just here for a good time, or maybe you were forced to come here, or maybe your significant other told you that you were coming, whatever it is but you would closer identify with the term atheist than you would Jesus follower. I want you to go out of your way to learn everything you can too. And here's why. I'm not here to brainwash you. I'm not here to indoctrinate you. None of us are. But our goal, both me and the adult leader that agreed to bring you here, our goal this weekend is to give you as much information as possible so that you can at least make an informed decision. So many of us make these massive life decisions with zero information. So many of us sign on the dotted line without even figuring out what it is that we're signing. But I believe, and I believe that your youth leaders and pastors believe that the, the weight of eternity is too great and eternity is too long for us to take that matter and, and sign up for something, atheism or, or fill in the blank with another ism without us at least having all the information. So 
To recap, would you do me a favor, regardless of how you feel about God, his word, and the things of Christ, would you go out of your way to learn as much as you can this weekend? Awesome. That looks like paying attention. That looks like having your Bible open, and oh my goodness, I am not coming from a place of having it figured out. I'm coming from a place of the Lord slowly redeeming me in this area, but the best way to learn as much as possible this weekend is to keep your phone in your pocket where mine is because, oh my goodness, I love a good YouTube video. Amen? There we go. Okay, cool. So um, we are, are, are exploring this. Yeah, I'm a mess. We are exploring this topic of come alive it's an interesting thing to say because it's, it's difficult to maybe glean what it actually means to come alive. You see, there's this, there's this, this movement in culture for us to live the best life that we can, right? Like you actually have heard the term like, I'm just out here. All right, I'm going to try again. I'm just out here living my best life. We are encouraged as young people to go out of our way to make sure that the life that we're living is the best one that we can. We are pressured by people around us to make sure that we pick the right schools and the right universities and colleges or trade programs so that we can live the best life that we can. Some people think that living the best life that you can is, is getting all the credit cards you can and buying all the stuff that you can so that you know, hey, you know what? Saving money is arrogant because you don't even know if you're going to be here tomorrow. And then some people think that like if you accidentally get a car payment, you will end up automatically having the worst life ever. Some people think that the best way to the best life is having as much fun as possible, and some people think it's the opposite. But I think for us to really fully understand how we can live life to the fullest, we have to do some hard work and look at how we were created because when we're living exactly how we were created to live, then we are then living life to the fullest. A couple of years ago, um, I got really, really sick of the car I was driving. It was like almost, it was brand new. I bought it brand new. I only had it for a year, but I was getting kind of bored with it because I'm a mess. And like, it was fast and it was cool. And it was, it was a manual. It was, it was actually like, if you're a car guy in the room, it was a arrest me red Honda Civic SI. All right, it was a 2018, it was the like second year with the turbo, it was awesome. On a humid day, I could go over the bridge on the way to my house, I could rev it really hard, push in the clutch, and then you could hear a little turbo whistle. It was incredible. But I had a kid, and his um, stroller didn't fit in the trunk without having to like take the wheels off because the trunk was a weird shape, so um, I was like, man, I'm getting kind of sick of this, I want um, a new, I want a new car. So um, I, I started looking, and I remembered fondly all of the memories I had of, of the car that I grew up in with my dad. When I was a kid and we were living overseas, my dad came home one day with a 1989 Toyota Land Cruiser. This thing was brown with a brown interior. It was very brown, okay? Here's the deal. We called it the Wookiee, all right? It was awesome. This thing was a beast, though, right? Like, if you know that, and I'm not talking Land Rover, I'm talking Land Cruiser, okay? Completely different. And it was super weird. The previous owner actually had the thing converted to propane, all right? So my dad went from having eight miles per gallon to 11 miles per gallon. He was so excited. 
The thing is, is, is I had so many memories of us camping in this truck and going four-wheel driving in this truck and overlanding in this truck. I'm like, man, you know, I have a kid now. I should get a Land Cruiser of my own. Well, if you know anything about Land Cruisers, they're not easy to find in the, in the, in the States. It's just not as popular of a vehicle. So I looked and I looked and I found one and I, and I did some like financial wizardry and I, and I ended up purchasing it for myself and it was awesome. But what I quickly became frustrated with is the fact that I only used it to drive one mile from my house to the church office and then from the church office back to my house. This vehicle was so capable. I mean, like I took it on the beach and didn't even put it into like proper four-wheel drive. In fact, one time, this is my favorite story ever with this car. One time, I'm leaving church and we had this big drainage ditch behind the church it was a big field and it was cool when it was dry, but when it rained really bad, all of the water from the road in the parking lot poured into this area. Like you would put your foot in it, it would sink up to your ankle in mud. It was awful. It was a mess. Well, somebody got their panel van stuck in the middle of that field because they were driving around looking for their dog or something. So they called a tow truck. Well, this big F-350 dually tow truck pulled out onto the marsh to try to get this car and it got stuck. So that's when I showed up. And the guy was like, I only have a six foot chain. And he was like 10 feet into the mud. Like, ah, she'll be right. And he was like, dude, that's a tiny little SUV. There's no way. Like, ah, she'll be right. And he's like, whatever. Like, I'll hook it up, but this is a complete waste of everyone's time. So what I did was I backed up to it. He hooked me up. My Land Cruiser had four low. So I put it into four low. And it also had a rear differential locker from the factory. So I turned that on, which means that all of the wheels are now mechanically connected to my engine. And I put it in drive, and I let my foot off the brake, and I swear on a stack of leather-bound King James Bibles. <laughs> I tapped the throttle a little bit, and I just, I, you heard this giant... And I pulled that thing right out of the mud. I couldn't believe it. It was the only time, though, I ever used that thing's capability. It was not living life to the fullest. If you go back and look at the advertisements in the owner's manual, the owner's manual, you could find that it was not living life to its fullest. And I think if we understand the text that we're exploring tonight, we will understand how we were created. We will understand who created us, we're going to understand why that mattered then and why it matters now and what it means for us as human beings who are currently and constantly seeking fulfillment. So won't you follow along with me? We're going to read Genesis chapter 2. Genesis is the first book of the Bible. In your Bible, you're looking for a big number two and a little number seven. That is chapter two, verse seven. You guys could do me a favor, actually, and out of respect for the word of God, stand with me as we read Genesis chapter two, verses seven, eight. Genesis chapter two, verse seven says this. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living creature 
And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put the man who he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You guys can be seated. Let's go to our Lord in prayer. God, we need you. Lord, I pray this evening that you would help us understand more who you are and why you created us, how you created us and what you created us for. God, I pray that you would create a spirit of of learning in this room, remove every distracting thought, take every thought captive. Lord, help us focus on you and what you're doing in the room and in our hearts. God, give us ears to hear and hearts to listen, that we, can, that we can have lives changed for your glory, that we can be a trophy for your sacrifice, Lord. God, I pray that you would empty me of myself, that this message would be yours. In your precious, glorious name we pray. Amen. So, a little recap here. God goes through the creative process of creating the world gets through the land and the sea and the stars. And like, I'm saying this like it's no big deal. Like God created everything, right? Which is incredible. And then he gets to man. And he creates man. And then he creates woman. The creation story is kind of interesting because in chapter one of Genesis, the creation of man and woman gets like a chapter and then here it gets like a couple, sorry, it gets a verse and here it gets a couple of verses and then it goes on to describe the actual um, happening of, of how the woman was created and, and if you remember or if you don't know rather, um, woman was created when God saw that there was no creature that was fit to be a helpmate to man. So what he did was is he caused the man to fall asleep and he took a rib from his side and then he created woman with that bone. And then um, Adam delivers by far the best pickup line that has ever been delivered in the history of mankind. And he said, <laughs> bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Like that is so cool. Don't ever try that please for the love of all that's holy. <laughs> The first thing that I want us to notice in the text this evening is that we are created by God. God's name is mentioned here, and I think that we skip over it because of course God created us. We're reading the Bible. Of course the Bible would say that God created us. Stop for a moment. Think about it. We were created by God Almighty, the God of the universe. There are so many theories about how we ended up here on this earth. And that's awesome. I love that for them. But my my internal search and what I've found in God's word and what I've found to be intrinsically true in the world around me and the world around other people, you know, I think the crazy thing about Christianity 
is that you can go to a Christian that is of a completely different language and then communicate with them and find out that the crazy thing that God did for you, redeem you, was done for them in a very different way with very similar results. Does anybody in this room, like let's be honest for a second, does anyone in this room cry a little bit when they listen to a good worship song? Yeah, all right, there's, there's some honesty. I love that we had like a healthy amount of dudes raise their hands for that, amen, all right. If you really wanna chuck the sides, if you really wanna have, like crack the wobblies, what you need to do is go listen to a song you know really well in English and Spanish. Because you come to understand that the kingdom of God is so much bigger than the English speaking world. We are created by God. God's name is mentioned here and should be recognized. It's an important thing. And what's crazy is that the way that it is mentioned here in the Hebrew is an incredibly reverent way. It actually uses the name of God as Elohim. And that's a special thing. God who is and was and will forever be God, the great I am, the all-powerful God that is over everything in this entire universe created you and I. And here's the crazy thing. We weren't, crea we weren't just created. We weren't simply created. We were formed. One of my favorite things to do on a Monday, which is my study day, is to go find like an eclectic coffee shop to just spend my, my time trying to study God's word. Um, because like full-time youth pastors in the room, you know that if you sit in the office, that means nothing will get done because everyone wants to talk to you, right? Like I heard the laughs, you know. So I go and I hide away somewhere and I kind of like don't check my email and keep my phone off. And, um, you know, I, I went to this little alley, and, and this alley is, 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 is kind of dedicated to things that are handmade. And I'm a huge fan of handmade things. Like, I, my wife says I'm bougie, but like, I, I, maybe I have expensive taste, but like, I just know quality, okay? And I walked into this room that makes bags, and, and, and this, sorry, this merch that makes bags, and you could immediately tell these bags were of, of, of infinitely higher quality than something you would purchase at Target. And in fact, my, my own bag, like I bought the last bag I'll have her have to buy. And when people see it and they're like, wow, holy cow, that bag will literally survive World War VI, which means it survived the wars before it. Like it's infinitely better when it's handmade because, because the hands that touch it can, can tell when maybe a, a needle needs to be pushed harder through stiffer leather or maybe more gentle through softer leather that maybe was damaged when it was living still on the cow or something of that sort, like when stuff is handcrafted, it tastes so much better, which is why when you go to a one-off coffee shop, like not a franchise, but like a mom and pop that care about the craft, you're gonna get an infinitely better product than when you go to Dunkin' Donuts and someone pushes a button and espresso comes out of the bottom. Not that either of those things is necessarily better, it's just a quality issue. And what we see here is that all through creation, God created, God created, God created, God created. Wait, now we formed. We're formed. It's special. The language here used is that of an artist or, an, or a potter using their hands to create a one-of-a-kind masterpiece. Great care was taken to form us 
all your little imperfections. The way that like you have that one hair that like grows the wrong way no matter how much product you put in. Your laugh that you need to replace, like all of that. God created your likes, your dislikes. God created. And if you look back at the text, what's, what's even more fat, this just gets crazier and crazier. God took the lowly and created us. God took dirt. We're made of dirt. We are dirt that has been formed by God. This is the first of a long line of examples of God taking the unusual and redeeming it into something so much more than where it started. It's just dirt. We deal with it every day. I have a four-year-old boy who thinks he's a monkey. We have so much dirt in our house. It's a part of life. But God took something as common as dust and he worked it into this masterpiece. If you guys in your Bibles flip back just a couple of verses, in chapter 1, verse 27, it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Verse 27 is a snapshot of the larger story that takes place in chapter 2. What we see here is that God didn't just take dirt and make a a, a thing that is shaped like human beings out of dirt, right? Like so many of us have memories of being on the beach and building sandcastles, and we have that form. You know what I'm talking about? And you you pack it with the right percentage of dry sand and wet sand, and, and then you flip it really quick, and you tap it so many times, and then you pull it up, and then it, 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 it's supposed to be a sandcastle. But it doesn't function as a castle at all. It looks like a sand. It looks like a castle. If you did it right. But it just takes one bad footstep from an annoying sibling, and that thing is totally ruined. That's not how we were created. No, we were formed. And what we were formed after was the Almighty God himself. We are created in the image of God. Don't get me confused. We are not God. You are not God. There is a school of thought that says that we are our own gods, and we should worship ourselves, and we should place ourselves at the center of our own universe. That is not the truth. That is simply a fabrication that has come from the minds of humanity. Sounds great, doesn't work out for anyone. So we're not gods. No, we were created in the image of God, meaning that we were modeled after God. In all of my looking through handmade things, I've learned something um, that my wallet has also learned that it doesn't really like, but it's just the fact of the matter. Formed things have value. Now, I am not like this super rich guy, okay? I'm not. I have like no money, and that's fine, but we're getting through it, okay? 
Like, for instance, my car broke down and I took it into the mechanic. And this is a true story. And this is how cool God is, by the way. Took it into the mechanic and I handed him my keys. And this guy, his daughter goes to our youth group. And so like, I knew he was cutting me a deal, which is awesome because like, I couldn't afford the real price, let alone his deal price. So like, this is awesome. So I handed him my keys and I left and I'm standing on the street corner and I'm doing that thing that some of you adults know where like, you know how much money's in your checking account and you know all the checks you wrote and you're doing quick math to see like, if you can still buy groceries and it's getting scarier and scarier as you go down the list, right? You know what I'm talking about? I'm like, and then I didn't even finish the list. I literally, I prayed this prayer. I said, God, I pray that the man who is fixing my car will pay for the fixing of my car and that is my prayer, amen. And, I, and I, I, I'm gonna be honest, I prayed it kind of flippantly, not really fully expecting it to like happen, but also kind of hoping that it would. <laughs> I go about my day, I go to pick it up and the lady hands me my keys and says, have a nice day. I'm like, well, I gotta pay you. And she was like, this, the computer said it's, it's been paid with a, with, like a, with a credit card already, you're good. And then like, I got really emotional and I got nervous too. I'm like, well, I need to speak to the manager because I didn't understand what was happening. And the manager who is the father of this girl that's in our youth group came out and he's like, dude, stop being weird. Like he had to stop being weird look on his face. Like you have a good secret Santa, just like calm down. And I'm like crying in the parking lot. Form things have this value that I can't afford, but I recognize. Like when you get a handcrafted like purse or handbag, it costs hundreds of more dollars than if you go to Target and get whatever. Some of you guys are into cars and you like watching like YouTube shorts or Pinterest pages of like really expensive Rolls Royces and things like that. And, and people that are reviewing these cars will typically say like, this is from the Sultan of somewhere. And like the stars that are embroidered in, in, in like in fiber optics in the ceiling, this is the constellation that was over the Sultan's house when he was born. I'm like, wow, that's really cool. Yeah, guess what? That's $650,000 worth of cool. Well, guess what? You are as unique and handcrafted more so than any expensive thing that any artisan can make with their hands here on this earth. You have value. All of humanity has intrinsic value. And that's because the creator creates the value. If you go to Target, right, and you're looking for like a really nice, like cute purse, right? And you go into the little purse section and you grab something from like, I don't know what brands are at Target. I haven't shopped there in the grip. But like you get something from like Gregory's handbags. You're not gonna pay more than $12 for that. Why? Because it's not worth it. But if you go to the king at Prussia Mall, and you go visit Louis Bouton, right? That bag is gonna be worth $800 and you're gonna feel like you're getting a bargain because it was handmade. Me, this is where I live. I got a picture up here on the screen. I think, there we go. Here's the deal. This good one, I made that and took a picture of it at my house. It was delicious. That other thing is what you buy at Starbucks. Yuck. 
The good one has more value because it was handcrafted. I weighed the beans. I made sure the temperature of the water out of my espresso machine was dialed in. I weighed the water that came out of the espresso machine. I made sure that the milk was textured perfectly. I made sure that the cup was at the right angle as the milk was being poured in. I made sure I set a base of the crema and then laid the white milk on top to make that cool leaf feather thing. <laughs> the other person hit a button, espresso came out, hot milk went in, lid went on and sent it out the drive through window. I don't know how else I can help you understand this. You have immense value because of who created you. And yet so many of us treat ourselves and others like we are garbage. We have to treat each other with value because we are intrinsically valuable. And here's what's crazy. God wasn't done. Because at this point, all he had done is formed an animal instead of created an animal. But you know what happened next? God gave us a soul with his breath of life. If you look at the text, I've got Genesis chapter 2, verse 7 up there. Follow along in your Bibles. It says this. Then the Lord God formed the man, formed the man of dust from the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. There's a couple of things that we need to pick up here. The first is, is that what he breathed was life. You see, man um, was no better than a creature of the ground, no better than fill in the blank, but then God got up close and personal and breathed himself into the man so that he would come alive. We've been given life by a creator. The second thing that we need to understand is how he did it. He did it from his nose to ours. There's something incredibly beautiful and intimate about being so close with a loved one face to face that you can, you can almost feel the breath coming out of their nose. I always, when my little boy was born, I, I thought it was kind of weird, and this is just because I don't know why, but I thought it was kind of weird to like, to like kiss him because like I'm a dude and he's a dude and I just like, I can't get over that. It was just weird for me. But I really wanted to show him affection because he's my little boy and I wanted him to know that I loved him. And I tell him all the time, like, dude, you are my favorite Tucker boy in the whole world. So we started this thing when he was about six months old. Like when I say hello or goodbye, I'm like, all right, dude, come on, give me a nose. And, and then he'll like, he'll like boot my nose with his nose. And, and, it's, and it's like our little weird thing that we do in the Trinkle home. And now he's doing it with his little brother, and it's like the greatest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Especially because he's super aggressive. I'm like, dude, he's an infant. Don't pull his ears off. Like, mm. <laughs> but God got up close and personal with Adam and breathed life into him. You see, the Hebrew language is a very artistic imagery-type language. It's often been said, if you want to describe a painting, use Hebrew. If you want to argue law, use Greek. So they like to use a lot of visual imagery when they're describing. So what we need to look in our eyes here is God coming to man and breathing gently into his nose to give him a soul and to give him life and to give him intelligence. Intelligence. 
God being a spiritual being in this moment married physicality and spirituality by forming us and then breathing a soul into us. We are now created in his image and set apart from creation as unique. Do you know what that means? It means two things. A, you cannot ignore your spirituality because it is 100% a part of you. Some of y'all are up in this place like, oh, you know, I'm just not very spiritual. I enjoy science. I like to use my mind to understand things. I love that for you, but that's just not going to work forever. Because when you ignore a part of yourself for long enough, you end up just going crazy. You know, I, there's a pastor who, who counsels other pastors, and what he finds is, is when pastors start dealing with anxiety and difficulty in pastors in the room, this is a freebie, all right? When they reach out to him for counseling, before he'll take their first meeting, what he'll do is he'll say, I want you to go to the gym for three days a week for a month, and then call me back. And he said an overwhelming percentage of men call him back and say, hey, I actually don't need to go to counseling anymore. I'm feeling a lot better. And the reason for that is, is because we're created physically. And pastors, just the, we, just, we have a desk job sometimes. So we sit a lot. And then we take you out for pizza. So we've got desk job and poison. And it's just not good for our minds. We're ignoring our physicality. And it's brutal for us. And, 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 and ladies, I'm just talking to dudes because I'm a dude and that's what I've experienced. But my wife has told me that when she's not active, she struggles with similar things. So if you can't ignore your physicality, how on earth are you going to ignore your spirituality? Because those two things were married at the moment of creation. Your soul is a spiritual organ that needs spiritual food or it dies feels dead. That's the first thing. The second thing is we are created for intimacy with God. Think about the method of insoling that we received. Up close, personal, gentle, breath, nostril to nostril. God didn't do that so that we would never talk to him. God did that so he could spend time with us. God wants you to know him. A myth is that God is unknowable and unreachable. And what this passage shows me is that God got up close and personal with Adam. God wants to get up close and personal with you. We were designed to need God and God wants to be close to us. Now we understand how we were created, the method of it, formed from dirt, life breathed in. The physical and the spiritual married in this really beautiful thing called humanity. But the spirit needs food, right? The only way to feed your spirit is intimacy with Christ. Here's the problem with that. And we're going to get into this as we go on this week. End. But I don't just want to leave you hanging with that. You need intimacy with Christ. You need union with your creator or everything doesn't feel quite right. You see, in the garden, there was intimacy with Christ because God just created it. But then sin separated. You ever lied? You ever cheated? You ever stole? You ever dishonest? You ever have bad integrity? 
Do you ever call someone a name behind their back? I've done a lot of those things. I've sinned. You've sinned. We've all sinned. Well, God's a holy God. Sin and holiness, they don't mix. Like oil and water. This doesn't happen. So that intimacy that God had with us, nose to nose, breath to breath, was broken because there was something in between, and it was sin, and it was broken because of sin, and God still loved us and said, but I created that. I don't want that to go away forever. We just sang it. God sent a part of heaven to earth, Jesus Christ, and Jesus lived a perfect life and then died a death he didn't deserve so that that barrier of sin would be removed. And the way to remove it is to know Jesus. You know how you know Jesus? You believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that he is Lord and you will be saved and your sin will be forgiven and you can start a journey of getting to know who Jesus is more intimately. The fact is, is that we were created physically and spiritually for intimacy with our creator. The physical part, we really messed up with sin. Scripture says that Jesus is going to come again and he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth and those that know him will live with him in eternity and it is going to be a party, okay? That's what scripture says. The party part was, was the Tim like add-on, like that's my interpretation of what the text says. It's gonna be awesome. So we've gotta wait for the physical part, but the spiritual part we can have right now. When we don't have that is when it all gets messed up. So how do we get that? Hey, some of you are in Christians in the room and you're like, well, Tim, I don't really feel like I'm close with the Lord. All right, this is, this is a secret, all right? I'm sure youth pastors told you this, but you haven't listened, so I'm gonna tell you, maybe you'll listen. I don't know, we'll see what happens. Ready? If you get close with your friends because you spend time with them, maybe you'll get close with the Lord because you spend time with him. Spending time with the Lord means dying to yourself and your own desires and doing the things that God desires for you which means that when you have a lot of free time, getting on your hands and knees and worshiping him for who, that Tim, that's weird. No, it's not. It's good for you. Getting on your hands and knees and worshiping him for who he is. When you get your homework done early, crack and open your Bible and seeing maybe what God would like to tell you from his word that day. Serving others. Heck, serve your youth pastor. They brought you here. And then here's the best part. God didn't just create. He created and he provided. Which means that we can trust him. If you read verse 9, it says, And out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. He created Adam, and then he said, hey, Adam, bro, I'm going to build you a house. And he built him a garden full of food and full of shade and full of akuna matata. <laughs> Says it right there in the text. 
which means that if God would create Adam and then create a home for him, when God created us, he makes sure that we are provided for, we can trust God. God didn't create and let happen like so many people think or wanna believe. God created and then God got in there and kept working with us. God loves you. God wants to know you. God wants you to know him. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are formed out of the dust and breath of life is breathed into you. Some of you came here feeling all out of whack. Maybe is it because you don't believe you have intrinsic value? Is it maybe because you don't believe in your need for God? Let's pray. God, thank you for who you are and how much you love us. Lord, we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and we thank you for that. God, I pray that you bless the rest of this weekend. Give us grace. Give us peace. Give us courage to make big decisions for you. We love you. We need you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks, guys. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Live After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.